bless you. Glory to your name. Thank you for your word tonight. Thank you for your spirit. Thank you for the spirit of your table. Spirit that feeds us. The spirit that gives us portion. Portion out of your anointed feast. Father, thank you tonight because you've set a table before us again a great table for our souls to feast on for us to be made fat for us to be healed thank you for your spirit thank you for the ministration the power grace the ability to minister your word which rests in this house tonight and which will travel even through the airwaves even to reach as many who listen to this lord thank you thank you because of captivity chains being undone powers of the grave being defeated thank you for a lot of captivities bondages being broken being undone thank you lord for liberty that's coming uh, by your word thank you for the spirit of liberty and the spirit of the lord that's already present here ready potent willing to set souls free to set hearts free thank you we receive the ministration of the spirit tonight we say let come and take over this atmosphere come and take over this every heart every soul every person every being every every vessel here tonight lord i ask that there be a, a a flow a free flow of your streams, the streams of the Spirit. I ask, Lord, for access tonight into the living Word, access into the, the Word in the Spirit. Father, and grace, Lord, even for partaking, be granted to every heart. Father, we thank you. Give all the glory to your name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you. Thank you. Glory to your name. Hallelujah. Amen. Good evening to everybody. Please, you can say good, good evening to someone. Welcome. Welcome them. Amen. Thank you. Welcome to everyone online as well. God bless you. Praise God. Um, 1 Corinthians chapter 1. Thank you, Jesus. I'm going to pray in the Spirit just a little bit. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. 
Prenius, 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 Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Um, First Corinthians chapter. First Corinthians chapter one. Glory to God. Amen. I'll read from verse one. Let's say amen. She's a Paul. Paul called to be an apostle of Jesus Christ through the will of God and sustains our brother unto the church of God which is at Corinth to them that are sanctified in Christ Jesus called to be saints with all that in every place Call upon the name of Jesus Christ our Lord, both theirs and ours. Amen. Amen. Grace be unto you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God always on your behalf for the grace of God which is given you by Jesus Christ, that in everything ye are enriched by him, in all utterance and in all knowledge. Amen. Amen. Even as the testimony of Christ was confirmed in you, so that you come behind in no gift, waiting for the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, who shall also confirm you Unto the end, uh, that ye may be blameless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is faithful by whom you were called unto the fellowship of his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. 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 Praise the Lord. Verse 4 says, I thank my God always on your behalf for the grace of God which is given you by Jesus Christ. 
that in everything, praise God, the grace of God which is given you by Jesus Christ, that in everything, in everything, amen, amen. ye are enriched by him in all utterance and in all knowledge. Praise God. Even as the testimony of Christ was confirmed, even as the testimony of Christ was confirmed in you. Praise God. Praise God. So that you come behind in no gift waiting for the coming of our Lord our Lord Jesus. Amen. Let's go back again. Let's read it. Let's read it again. Amen. 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 Thank you, Father. Thank you, Say, I thank my God always on your behalf. I thank him always for the for the grace of God which is given you. Praise God. The grace of God which is given you by Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Grace which is given you by Jesus Christ that in everything ye are enriched by him praise god so through the grace or the grace is given so that praise god in to bring about riches enrichment in everything and then comma in utterance praise god and in knowledge Father, we thank you. Uh, amen. amen. For enriching you in all things. Praise God that you might be enriched by Him in all utterance, in everything. Amen. And so the enrichment, enrichment in everything constitutes riches in utterance and in knowledge so in utterance in all utterance and in all what and in all knowledge praise god thank you jesus are we ready tonight so amen okay so that in everything you might be enriched in all utterance and in all knowledge even as as the testimony of christ was confirmed in you praise god so so you see utterance of course utterance and knowledge is talking about the spectrum of riches right you the spectrum of riches spiritual riches starts with utterance and ends with knowledge amen in knowledge so in all utterance and in all knowledge so there is all utterance in order to come into everything or to be enriched in everything, you must come into all utterance, then eventually you have to come into what? All knowledge. You have to come through utterance. You, you gain access into knowledge. Praise God. And so utterance has to do with the, the, um, the declaration of things that should constitute knowledge to the soul. So things that should be framed up as knowledge, praise God. Now knowledge is um, knowledge is knowledge is actually a finished product in the spirit. Praise God. Knowledge is what? 
knowledge is a finished product spiritually the way the holy spirit uh, speaks about knowledge in the new testament knowledge is the and in the whole of the scriptures knowledge is a finished product so knowledge is not when you say this is knowledge it's not a bit pit a bit part of for, of information or something knowledge has to do with not just a particular uh, essence or particular matter. Mm. Knowledge has to do with content as well framing. It has to do with structure, building up. Praise God. It has to do with formation. Knowledge is when knowledge has appeared, it means things came together. Mm. Things were put in their their right place. There was a there was a building up, amen. So knowledge is the is the finished product of the design and the work of the spirit, amen. So when a soul becomes a knower, the soul, or when the soul has come to a stature of knowledge, is a soul that has arrived in that, you know, that arrived at the spec the end of the spectrum of development in the spirit praise god they are, they've come into a place the a place of so stature is knowledge in the spirit praise god stature is what is knowledge so so you see that that word knowledge is not the way we define knowledge as in english language so english if we just use English to look at the scripture, you won't see the divisions. There's what we call right division. Praise God. If the scripture is just the way you look at it, there's no, there's, then there's no point. Why, why would anybody tell you rightly in dividing the word? What do you have to divide in it? You just say, go and read it. Praise God. So, so it means that there is divisions in the scripture in terms of Knowing what is the mind of the spirit, know what, knowing what the, the spirit wants to communicate by the writing and the letters. Praise God. Uh, so, um, so, so riches, um, the end of riches, you need to be enriched and enriched until the stature of knowledge uh, comes out. Amen. Amen. Now, you see that, that knowledge, and you see more of it here in verse 6. There's, there's verse 6. Almost gives an explanation because there's a semicolon after verse five. Praise God. There's a semicolon after verse five. It's then the verse six. Even as so, even as means it's almost like an explanation of what they were saying before, right? So even as the as what the testimony of Christ was confirmed. That word confirmed means that it has. We've seen the effect of it. We've seen the result. We we've. We came, we came to check it, and we saw it. It was confirmed in you. So it means there is some sort of formation. Amen. Now, this Corinthian church is a very, very interesting church. Very interesting church. Because in the book of Corinthians, when you read probably this first Corinthians, you will see, you will see, all, you will see different kinds of, different kinds of speakings. At different levels to the same church and so that, that makes me suspect that this was a church where you had all kinds of believers from across the whole spectrum 
in this church you have babies, you have children, you have some people who are mature, you have those all kinds of people in this kind of church. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Amen. So, and, and it seems as if his conversation to them after the introduction began to almost like increase. Right? If, you go through, if you go through the chapters, verse 2, chapter 2, he began to speak about the Holy Spirit, the role of the Spirit um, in, in ministering to them. Praise God. Um, of course, the way it transitioned into verse chapter 2 was from the cha- end of chapter, towards the end of chapter 1, when he was speaking about the different um, natures of men who were peddling things around the church, who were somewhere, had moved into philosophies, you know, somewhere. Uh, some had moved towards the Greek, who are the ones who brought more philosophy than you. Some had, were holding on to Judaism which are the ones who, you know, seek signs and all of that. Praise God. Mm-hmm. And then he began to speak how, you know, toward the end of, of chapter 1, he says that God has not, he has chosen the base things of the world, right? And all of that, so that no flesh should glory in his presence. So when you read this, all these influences were in that church, in the Corinthian church. Praise God. And in chapter 2, he now began to establish the, the the nature the essence of the of the of the dependency on the spirit purely on the spirit amen and so this spirit here it has nothing to do with signs reading of signs these signs they are speaking here is reading of signs that's one of the things that the jews are masters of is the the reading of signs because the lord's the lord dealt with them with signs a lot in their history the lord used a lot of signs to to deal with them because they were a carnal people praise god and but then you have the greek who the greek don't believe in signs or anything like that because when you say there's a sign it means that you are you are it, it means you pre you have already agreed that there is some invisible being trying to get my attention <laughs> who is trying to create signs there so the Greeks, they are more, they are, only, they are more deadly than the Jews. So, so you see, this church was caught in between those places. The Jews coming from their own angle, the, the Greeks coming from their own side. The Greeks believe in philosophy, thinking out, reasoning, and all of those things. Amen. So these are the things that the church was dealing with. So, so the first thing Paul had to deal with. In Corinthians church, it's chapter 2, he went to teach them the essence. So when I came, I didn't come to you with excellency of speech, declaring unto you the testimony, amen, of God. So I determined to know nothing among you, save Christ, Jesus Christ, and, and what? Him crucified, praise God. And my speech was, and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power. So that your faith should not rest stand in the wisdom of men, but where? But in the power. And he dealt with all of that and he went into from there then chapter 3. He now began to deal with the carnal ones among them. Praise God, the babies. So he began to progress and deal with issues. Praise God. From chapter 3 he dealt with their carnality and the divisions and all of that. Praise God. Chapter 3. Praise, amen. Uh, he dealt with carnal things. Then in chapter 4, he dealt with, um, amen. amen. He says, no man account, uh, let, 
Let a man so account of us as the ministers of Christ, stewards of the mysteries of God. And he began to, sp- began to speak more about his apostleship, their credentials as ministers of the gospel. Praise the, praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. Um, then, chapter 5, he began to speak about um, what? Fornication. The whole chapter 5 was about fornication and adultery. <laughs> Am I correct? Yes, so you're seeing all kinds of souls in the church. <laughs> Praise God. So it means there were fornicators in, the church, in that church. Not just any, any kind of bad fornicators. When you read what he was saying, right? So it is reported commonly that there is fornication among you. Commonly. Hmm. Amen. <laughs> so, so imagine, it's not just I heard one report one time that there was someone fell into fornication. Amen. Scarcely. But he said this one was a common thing that is reported among you. Now, you have to know this church that you're talking of. It's a church that they say come behind in no gift. This is the same church in chapter 1. We just read it was thanking God for them on your behalf that the grace of God which is given you by Jesus Christ, that in everything you are enriched. Are you seeing by him in all our trance and in all knowledge? And he said that even as the testimony of Christ was confirmed in you, so in their midst, it means that if all these things were there in their midst, it means that there must have been souls in their, among them who had all these dealings. Praise God. Hallelujah. So I, 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 one of the reasons why I like this First Corinthians is that it, to me it almost gives a picture of the kind of church you have, you, which, you frequently, which you frequently find. Praise God. Hallelujah. And, it, and it, it gives a picture of Sometimes what you find when you gather believers together and you, the, the different mixture of, of phases and different places of development and different struggles that they have. Amen. Amen. So it means there were deadly fornicators in their midst. Right? He said that there is fornication among you that even as that, that, should, that is not so, so much as named even among Gentiles that one should have his father's wife. Praise God. Praise God. And chapter 6, some other things. That was also things of the flesh about judging. Uh, how If you have a matter among, praise God, um, one another, why you should not go to the world to do what? You should not go to the world and to judge the church. <laughs> Are you saying that you see all kinds of things? Yeah. This was also an issue. So it means that there were people in this church who who carried their brothers to court. Right? Maybe your brother offended you or something. I said, no, we have to go to a judge. So that, why, why do you go to a judge? So that maybe they will throw him in prison or something. Praise God. <laughs> Amen. And, and people who go to a judge mean they are standing on righteousness. They, are, they have a righteous position. Praise God. Amen. So, and Paul began to say, no, you guys don't understand something. You don't understand that the church should be higher than the world. The church should be higher than the world. The church does not, the church cannot be judged by the world. The church, the church can't even be understood by the world. As a Christian, you should not be understood. You should not be understandable by the world. Praise God. And these things are very relevant even today. Today, there's a marriage 
um, because the church generally we we have no we've been doing Christianity without judgment mm. or without without our judgment our own because we've not we've we've not invested in finding out our you know we have our own judgment yes, what what makes you a people is your laws yeah. that's what makes you a people if yeah. you don't have your laws you are not a people is that when it comes to the people of God mm. praise the Lord uh, amen. amen so um, because we've not invested in, 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 in finding out our knowing the source of our righteousness we, we've claimed our righteousness uh, we are righteousness of God in Christ Christ has made us righteous we've claimed it but when it comes okay let us know what are those that righteousness of God that you are what is it what constitutes righteousness We've not invested. So when, when, whenever there is a, a, a void of righteousness, you always borrow. Whenever there's, because if there's a lack of righteousness, there's a lack of judgment. You know what I mean? It means that you, you don't know how to conduct your affairs. Right? So, in, and you must live as a Christian, as a body, as an organization, as bodies of, maybe even a local church. Somehow you must find a way to conduct yourself. So, but if you don't, you don't have your laws, you will borrow you borrow laws. Amen. Amen. And, and, and this is one of the biggest problems we have today. Um, amen. amen. One of the big problems we have. And, and the devil has seen it. He's the one who has been doing it. He's the one who has starved the church of, of understanding her, where her, her, her judgment comes from. Where her own righteousness, where her own standard comes. The church is the, the devil who made the church remove its eyes from the spirit. Mm. Don't, don't look for, to the spirit for judgment. Don't try and bring out judgment from the spirit. But rather, you can, there's plenty of judgment around to, to conduct yourself based on. <clears throat> Amen. Amen. So the devil, and the devil does that. The reason why the devil makes the church... Now, I'm speaking collectively, generally. Of course, which, what makes the collective are the individuals. Praise God. It's because he will, he will use that void when it's time. But the Lord will not allow him to. Because the Lord wants to raise, the Lord wants to raise up, uh, wants to raise up his, his people. Praise God. Um, right now, one of the things that righteousness, understanding, of course, utterance, and then leading to knowledge, one of the things that it will do, uh, praise God, Hallelujah. one of the things that it will do is to elevate the position, elevate the senses of every Christian to judge higher than the world. Praise God. It, will, it should elevate what the sense of every Christian to judge higher, to resolve thought, resolve issues, resolve everything at a higher level. Than where than the world does, and if you check it, most of the time we don't have 
most Christians, we don't have that ability to do that. With our reasoning always flows the same way. Mm-hmm. The flow calculation. We calculate the way the world calculates. We judge the way the world judges. Mm-hmm. We see the things the way the way the world sees things. Mm-hmm. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. So the reason for that is so that the devil can lead. He wants to lead. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, the devil is also interested in leading God's people. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. For the most part, he's lead, he's, the, the Satan leads more God's people than God leads. Mm-hmm. If they can open your eyes spiritually, you see that there are more of God's people following behind him. Mm-hmm. Amen. Mm-hmm. Than those who are actually following the leading of God. Because to follow the leading of God or the leading of the Spirit... You have to subscribe to his provisions mm. for, for judgment. Mm. Amen. The Bible says it about how, what the Lord wants to frame the church into in the book of Isaiah chapter 2, right? He said it will come to pass in those days, that last time. He's speaking specifically of the last days, that the mountain of God's house will be lifted above every other mountain, and then all nations will flow. They say, hey, come, let us go. To the house of the God of Jacob, right? For he will what? Teach us his his ways. He said, then he says, For out of Zion shall go forth the law and the word of the Lord from, from Jerusalem. That's the pattern of the of the of the end times. That's how it's supposed to be, the end time church. Um, it means that we should have so grown in judgment. Amen. Amen. That we have arrived at a position. Higher than what the than what the world uses mm. to judge, praise God. Hallelujah. And, and you see, and this judgment is comes from stature on the inside. Like if you don't, one of the ways that to test stature of a man is when we've closed Bible and then let's all go home and live our life. Amen. Mm. One of the way to test stature is let life happen. And then see how the soul resolves things. That's how you test stature. But when it comes to that, most of the time, because the Bible is not open, you're not in meeting, you're not sharing Bible and all that. Um, that's when the natural framing of the, of the person begins to flow out. That's how you know if somebody has, is framed with judgment or, or someone who is not framed with judgment. Amen. Amen. The Lord will help us. Amen. So this was what Paul was dealing with here in First Corinthians chapter. Amen. First Corinthians chapter. Chapter six, right? Amen. There's something in my heart. I don't know. I, I just want to say it. I, I feel like <laughs> I don't say it. I don't know. Maybe I won't be able to move forward. Mm-hmm. Like the Lord wants me to. The Lord wants me to say. Mm-hmm. To say something. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Amen. I don't like preaching about things happening. I just stay, I like to stay in the scripture, but this is a very key period um, in the world generally. 
um, as it affects everybody, affects even Christians as well. Um, praise God. Now, you know the nature of the devil. The nature of the devil is to, he doesn't stay in his own, like to stay in his own ground. You know, if, if we were to go by where the devil is meant to stay, it should, it should be in hell. Am I? Am I? <laughs> right? <laughs> Normally, it should be in, maybe just stay in hell, be enjoying it, have fire. I'm sure, I'm sure the devil enjoys hell. Because when he goes there, it's all his things. <laughs> Praise God, all the things he manufactured will be talking to him. Wickedness, wrath, anger, selfishness, all the things that he, he manufactured. Amen. Amen. They will be enjoying it there. Praise God. But he doesn't like staying in his own place. His nature, you see it in the book of even from the book of Revelation and Second Corinthians, um, Thessalonians, is that he wants to go where God is, that God's place. Wherever God has carved out as his own, he wants to find his way to get there and then eventually sit down there as God. That's the devil. And that's the reason why the devil will never leave the church alone. Because the church, as long as the church, you bear the name Ecclesia. Ecclesia means called out ones. They separated you. Anything that God separates, Satan wants to go there. He wants to go there and, and go and go and take over. So, so one of the manifestations of that or things that will happen the more and more towards the end times is he will continue to blur the line of separation. So that, you know the line of separation of this. What makes what makes church church is that we are separate. That's the definition of church by definition. But that thing, Satan is the kind of person who can see, this, is, this thing is what it is. You made this thing to be this, and its name is this. His, his, his nature is to take that this, that is called this, and define it to be that. Yeah. And let everything, <laughs> that's who he is, he's a violator. He violated you know, his own sanctuaries everywhere that God put him into. He turns things upside down. So, so the goal is that the church, that, say your name is church, called out. Let's make you opposite of church. Let's make you the same. That's just what <laughs> he's trying to do. Make the church the same. As let the waters of the church and the waters of the world flow together and mix as if there is no, there is no problem. Praise the Lord. Amen. So uh, that's that's what he's that's what he's, he's doing, and, and the way you do that is like what I was saying before, is that what the church lacks, come and sell it to them. That thing of of righteous judgment, sell judgment, sell judgment to God's people. Why? Because he knows that the uh, he has he's the one who did the wickedness to stop them from investing in. The judgment of God. That's the work of the church. The church is like an institution where you go, where we are supposed to go to investigate and search out the judgment of God. It's an, it's an organization for the discovery of God. 
discovery of his, of his righteousness, discovery of what, and those things are secret. Mm-hmm. Paul established that in chapter 2 of 1 Corinthians. Mm-hmm. And those things are secret things that it takes investment mm-hmm. of the spirit mm-hmm. to be able to excavate judgment yes. and bring a judgment. That's the work of the church. Praise God. Hallelujah. Uh, but, but the devil um, wants church to go out to borrow, because we don't want to, to do the difficult job of by the spirit accessing divine judgment that let us go and borrow and because there's a gap in judgment you know what i mean then let's go and let's bring let the devil will now he has his own ministry of justice in the world praise god you know the ministry of justice in the world you know the world is full of all kinds of things in the world there are departments like i was talking about paul was dealing with different departments of worldliness in this church, right? Department of competition. That was one of the signs of worldliness. That thing is dealing with. This one was, hey, no, I'm of Apollo. I'm of Apollo. I'm of Apollo. So we are Apollo's boys. You guys are, you know, <laughs> praise God. That thing is a worldly spirit. It's a department in the world that caters to such things. Then you see this fornication is another department. The whole say fornication. fornication. That is a mighty department in the world. Mm-hmm. Praise God. Do you know what the the world is doing? The world is fornicating. Mm-hmm. In terms of the, when I mean, it comes to fornication, it's been normalized as normal life. It wasn't like that before. Mm-hmm. Now it's just a normal thing in the world. That's a huge because of the the amount of strength that thing has on 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 men. Satan is not satisfied with controlling men's soul alone. He wants to control their body. <laughs> so the reach of sin is not just into the soul, into how they are thinking, how they are reasoning. How it's also in the body. Put the, 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 the fangs of sin and death on the body as well. That even, that even when the man wants to think differently, his body says, no, this is what we do. <laughs> Praise God. So, that, so that's what makes that, see that fornication. You see, they devoted one whole chapter to it. It's not because it's one mighty... The demons in charge of it are not the big, greatest, strongest demons in the kingdom of darkness. They are not spiritual demons or devils. They are more carnal. Praise God. But it's just that because it is carnal, it's in the body. It can move people. It can overpower people. It's strong. Amen. Amen. So, so that's why the devil has so this. So there are departments in the de- but there's also a department of justice in the world, if I can use that word. Mm-hmm. And that department of justice is not fornication, it's not behaving anyhow, it's not insulting your parents, it's not stealing money, it's not corruption, it's not bribing, it's not arm robbery, it's not any of those things. Those are the other things. But the world has its own justice and judgment. So that one is where you find the Touched up clean worldliness, the righteous worldliness. Praise God! Hallelujah! And you see, that one is the deadly. That one, that you see, that righteous worldliness. That one, the target, if you really check it, the main thing that that department was designed for is the church. Yeah. Yeah. It's the, it's the, that one is the department that is actually that is, that is giving the mandate to sell worldliness to the church. But you can't just come 
and sell worldliness as I'm fornication, I'm here, come and have me. No, we'll bind you and cast you out. Yeah. Or arm robbery. Let's want to turn all of you to arm robbers. No. But that, so we are, this is righteousness. Yes. That is the offering. If you, if you tell me in this, the last couple of decades and the years coming, the bargain that's ongoing between the church and the world is this. This is what Satan is doing. Is how to sell the war its righteousness to the church. Are you getting me? Praise God. Before, there was a very huge gap of separation between the world and the church. It wasn't a gap created because of too much revelation of knowledge. It's just a fact that where we are living is not close to your neighborhood. You know what I mean? Yes, in the days of holiness movement and all those things, where once you are a church person, you are too far from the world to even realize they have a righteousness. <laughs> once you smell it, you know what I mean by that? Yes. <laughs> but, now, but, but now, the eyes of Christians, Christians now, are beginning to open and realize, ah, oh, so the world has righteousness too. It's like a revelation, a dead, a de- deadly revelation that is now happening to Christians around the world. Are you getting me? Yes, like this bad thing, ah, the world, world that seems so bad, but now you're saying, ah, ah, oh, so you actually have righteousness. That's the bargain. That is the, this, this is the selling of the, that knowledge of good and evil as opposed to God's tree. The tree which the world wants to sell. Praise God. It is in this time. That's when the devil really wants the world. The church to devour that tree. Are you getting me? Praise God. Shall I tell you the sign that. If you ask me. How, how do I know when I begin to bargain with the world? Or how do you know when you, as a Christian. I, have, I began to bargain. This is the sign. When you as a Christian can look at a person who is not of Christ, who is not a product of Christ, who is not a, who is not a Christian maybe, but in my prayer, I mean, I don't just mean Christian in the same way. You know, somebody, when you can look at somebody who is of the world and say he is righteous, The, are you getting me? When you can look at a righteousness in, from the world and say, wow, that is right. Wow, that is correct. That, yeah, that's how it ought to be. That's the correct thing. Yeah, that's the right thing. That's the right thing. Yeah, and then you, sometimes you even see it and say, even the church, we need to upgrade all these things that we've been doing since. <laughs> you see the church as being what, low. Are you getting? Is a is a deadly spirit. Is a deadly. Imagine a spirit that can sell the world to the church. Consci- now I'm not, I'm not talking about the subconscious one. You know now, the subconscious one is there. We inherit we inherited that one from our our parents, our even from our Sunday school class. Everything the world that that world that is there that you don't know is world. It's just there. How you live. I'm talking about that one. Has been. I'm talking about. When consciously there is a bargain 
that for a Christian to look at the world and say, ah, it's not that bad. You know what I mean? I mean, as long as I'm born again, so, well, if they are doing these things that are right, of course, so it's okay. As long as we, you know, we are, we are loving each other, we are doing respect, uh, praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Dignity. Are you seeing all those words? Mm. All those things. <laughs> are you seeing those words I'm mentioning? Respect, dignity. What else? Tell me more. Tolerance. Tolerance. Give me more. Consideration, okay. Yeah, all the, those words, amen. amen. Those, words, those words are the sales speech of the world to the church. All the world is saying is that look at us, we are righteous. Look at us, we are righteous. You who say you are Christian, look at all the bad things you guys have done. Amen. All these bad things. You guys have done in the name of even Christianity. You've done this and you've done this. Some of you are wicked. Some of you are bigots. Some of you are racist. Some of you are uh, evil. Some of you are, you know, homophobic. Some of you are. <laughs> are you getting what I'm saying? And then after a while, you look at a dull mind spiritually, a dull soul. You see, ah, we're actually kind of bad, though. Why? Because, <laughs> Amen. Are you getting me? Is a is a is a beginning and it's happening. It's happening right now. Mm. There's a reason why the Lord wants, he wants these things to be spoken about. Why? Because there are people who need to hear this so that they can be safe. Mm. They might not get the, re- the depth of revelation that the word of righteousness is bringing yet. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Yes, but there are people who God wants to be safe and know what the devil is doing. Praise God. Hallelujah. One of, this thing is magnified now because it's election season. And not in Canada, of course, in the U.S., but <laughs> in the, the U.S. is in a position where whatever they do affects everywhere. I mean, culturally, the cont- anybody who controls culture is the ruler of the world. Forget about it. If you're in any country... That your government in your country is not your, who is ruling you. Your real government is the culture that's flowing around the world and it's coming from the United States of America. Praise the Lord, I mean. Yes, Praise God. Uh-huh. So, in this, ele- this is the election season. All kinds of things are, are, are coming, coming up. And it's not just about electing candidates. If you check this election, it's, it's, it is unique, it's different. It's a, it is a war of trying to rearrange men's heart concerning what is right, what is right, how, what is right for, what is the right way human beings should be. And then it's, it's about the rearrangement of priorities. Are you getting me? <laughs> There's a lot happening. There's a lot happening. Praise God. So, what I'm saying now is not about. Who, thank God, you guys are not Americans. So, it's not I'm saying you guys should go and vote for anybody. You can't vote for any any of them. <laughs> so, in that sense, it's not your business. In that sense, are you getting me? But it's about the conversations that's ongoing. That under this kind of climate, hearts are moving. Things are happening to hearts. Hearts are, are moving. 
hearts are hearing things, seeing things. There's a lot of preaching. And who is preaching are not men. It's spirits who are talking. Spirits are talking. Yes. Spirits are preaching. They are just using the election season to preach. Is it okay for me to speak about something like this? Uh, maybe this is not deep revelation. So, amen. Amen. <laughs> God wants us to be wise. Is that okay? God is a, is a, is a good father. Amen. He's a good father. And he wants his people to be, to be safe. Amen. Amen. So this is the greatest mistake that the, the world, the church might could make generally, is if we, if we subscribe to to righteousness and we begin to rate and evaluate and value any kind or sort of righteousness that is not does not come from faith. That does not come from what? Faith. So, are you seeing what I'm saying? It doesn't come from faith. And, if, and the problem is this. It's very easy to accept the righteousness that has not come from faith. Because on the surface, it looks like righteousness. But behind it is a deadly beast and a monster. That wants that if you follow that him, he will devour your soul. By the time you, you, will be, you will keep being right until one day you see you discover you've forgotten God. <laughs> are, are you getting me? Yes, it, lead, it will lead away from God. Any righteousness that didn't come by faith, because faith leads to God. Yes. If it didn't come by faith, it will lead away from God. Amen. Amen. So let me say this to any Christian who is listening to me. When it comes to people, the public sphere, the public space of policy, someone running for election or, or anything like that, as a Christian, the basis on which you, you subscribe or you even, let's say you vote or you support, this might not be election of being a president or anything, it can be in your own private life, in terms of how you organize, you want to organize your life, where you choose to go, what you choose to associate with. When you, I'm, talk, I'm talking about how you relate with the world, mm-hmm. right? how you, and how you relate with structures, yeah. how you relate with systems exactly. that at the core are not founded by God, mm-hmm. but as, he, as living on the earth you must relate with. How do you, what's your disposition of heart towards such things? Uh, do you, because as you are on the earth, you must, deal with, you must deal with those things. Like Jesus of Nazareth, he dealt with them. <laughs> when he was in, in Nazareth, there was a pilot, I mean, there was a leader of the Jews, there was also Rome. So he was in, within that framework. There were then also the religious systems with the priests and co. He was in, operating around them. Are you getting me? Uh-huh. So. If you are a Christian in this world, 
you will relate with such systems. At the core, they are not founded by God in terms of what, what, what is they are driven by. Praise God. So they are not spiritual or Christian frameworks, but they are things in the world, they are institutions, authorities, whatever. Uh-huh. And so this election season, just one, just happens to be one of the most important, important ones. That's why it's driving so much um, um, conversation. Oh, praise God. As a Christian, I say, okay, so how do you deal with this? This is the first thing, number one, is that you don't, you don't look to that place for righteousness. They are not there to signal righteousness to you. From any side, whether it's on the left or the right or the back or the front or up or down, it doesn't matter. As a Christian, let me tell you something. There is any, you don't, if you derive righteousness from there, any kind, it's wrong. Are you getting me? Both individually, in terms of subscribing to a person, or subscribing to maybe a party or an ideology or anything, they, you don't subscribe to them on the basis of righteousness. Do you get me? Yes, the scripture explains on what basis you do, that you do. This one, this one, let me explain more to you. What I mean by that is that, you see, in this public sphere, say, oh, there are two politicians or whatever. This one is so bad. This one is so wicked. This one is so nice and so good and, and so loving and so caring. Are you getting me? You see those two men you just brought out and I just explained to you, the one that's good and nice and loving. That is goodness. It's niceness, loving. They are not righteousness. Do you see that love that they are showing? I know that it can be a demon yeah. that is loving. Or yes, oh, no, no, sorry, by loving, I mean in terms of his own way, he knows how to how to frame a a lying nature that can act caring and all those things. Are you getting me? Any there is no you can never go to a place and find love if God did not put it there. Are you getting me? Or any of all those virtues, those virtues that you see, this is a nice man, that's a good man. You see those things that make men look approved. Those things that make men look approved. The greatest power of designing, approving stature, Satan has it in his hand. He knows how to frame a man who looks nice and holy and righteous. That's how the Antichrist will look. By the time you bring that Antichrist and stand him up, lining him, him up with all the politicians in the world, yes. they all look like demons compared to him. Yes. <laughs> yes, <sir>. <laughs> <laughs> he will look so loving, caring, so wise, so smart, so thoughtful, so intelligent. The model leader. 
This is the leader the whole world has been waiting for. Come and lead all of us. That's what the Antichrist will look like. But inside of him, what he is a beast inwardly. He has the nature of blasphemy. Was blasphemy anti-God? Praise God. So, so, so you don't. There's no righteous. The world cannot give bring any righteousness. It has. There's not no such in their all, their all lies. But when it comes to okay. Let's say as a, as a citizen, you have to vote or anything like that. How do you, what judgment do you use? Paul said it this way. Paul, when he was speaking specifically about those who are in authority, what did Paul say you should do? Pray for them. Right? Now, when they say pray, we've sort of thought a little about prayer. Prayer means a lot. That prayer... Inside prayer, there is an expression of will, right? So if Paul said pray for them, then it means that in the prayer Paul is telling you to pray is an expression of God's will concerning that matter. Do you agree? So if you you want to know the will of God and how you relate with authorities and the ungodly authorities, check what Paul says you should pray concerning. You get that? Yes, Paul did not say about authorities, pray so that God will take you there so you can be the one there. And when you are there, because you are righteous, everybody will become righteous. Paul did not say that. Now, there are Christians who advocate that thought. It's a worldly thought, it's not scriptural, it's not Christian. The way God wants to reach human, humanity is not through sending a Christian to go and become a governor, a president, or anything. That's not scriptural. You, you know what I mean by that? That is not scripture. If God uses that level, then God is not powerful. And God is not righteous. <laughs> right. It means that God has to borrow the devil's institution and go and use it. Are you getting me? Mm-hmm. It's through the church that men will be saved. The church, that's what the church is for. <laughs> to establish righteousness and all that. Praise God. Are you seeing that? To, to make nation a nation righteous. Government cannot make a nation righteous. Yes. It's not possible. It's the church's job to do that. So it's, it's, this is one of the things you should begin to notice from what I'm saying. is that When it comes to government, all those things, there should, there's no conversion of righteousness at all. When it comes to institutions, naturally set. The, what you are talking about is not about that thing. Don't bring it there. Praise God. Hallelujah. You get that? Yes, sir. So that should, that should now remove the whole idea that how, how do you choose a president? I should be the nicest man, the most righteous man. No. He's not the pastor. The, a president of the nation or a prime minister is not the pastor of the nation. Or the minister. <laughs> Is the president? Are you getting me? Mm-hmm. So, what did Paul say you should do? Pray for them for what? Can you read that, please? Let's read it. Where is it? Chapter. What kind of life is this today? Pray. 
First Timothy chapter chapter two. Praise God, okay? See, I exhort therefore that first of all supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings, you see, and for all that are in authority, that we, do you see that? May lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and what? Honesty. Do you see that? Do you see that? Are you do you see? Yes. So you see that government in terms of what they are what they are they are authorized to do because God is a God the way they think in the spirit the way God thinks he thinks there are all, all kind of legitimate calculation that goes into how they how they release judgment and instruction concerning matters. If if God starts starts saying okay I want my, my all my children to go and rule let's say a country like Canada now God says okay now we want to you know some people are actively praying for that such things God, send Christians, let them be in the whole house of commons and everything, and then be a prime minister so that there will be righteousness in the nation. If God wants to do that, Satan will stop him and say, you cannot do that. Why? Because the people are wicked. You cannot force righteous rulers on wicked people. It's unjust for you to do that. And apart from that, there is no righteous leadership I can make people become righteous. It's a fool's errand. It's like, say, let's now make laws that all of you serve God and go to heaven. It's a law in this Canada right now that from today, every single citizen of Canada must become born again, filled with the Holy Ghost, and must make it to heaven. Amen. Let's assume that all of them there become born again. And then this did not write such a lot. You know what I'm saying? Number one, that's silly you know, to start with. Number two, the matter of hearts turning to God is <laughs> not a matter of... If God could bring a whole nation for that one purpose and did every single thing he could do to make them achieve it, I even came down from heaven to have a mountain and the constitution is men who sat down and wrote it. But the Jews, God came down to... They all saw him. All of them saw him raw and ran away. You know, it's God that wrote this thing. But he couldn't make them righteous. So there's nobody you elect. No matter how anointed he is there that can make righteousness in your life. Are you getting me? Righteousness comes from the church. And they don't do it by writing law. They do it by preaching and living. Preaching and living. So God knows that. So God knows, okay, but what, how can government affect? You know, that government has some authority. What does the government have authority to do? Write laws that can stop the church from doing what it is meant to do. Do you understand what I'm saying? 
Praise God. Hallelujah. So, that's why God says you should now pray. Pray concerning that so that you as a Christian can be free to do what you want to do. So that the church... So when it comes to a Christian, if you ask me, what, what basis does a Christian vote in an election? You see, this should simplify it. It should be very, very simple and very, very, very clear what you vote for. It's not about who's the, who can create the best economy, who can elevate more people out of poverty, who will increase the welfare, people who will feed the poor more. It's all the many things they talk about. Thank God for those things. All right. If you like, you can also look at them. Let's praise God. Amen. Amen. But to be honest, it doesn't really, really matter at all. Because what, how, what you choose based on is who is going to let the church be the church. Even if he's a devil, in the sense of how men call devils, <laughs> you know, but the funny thing is that who men call devil most of the time it's not who God calls devil. Yeah. It's the ones that men call righteous yeah. that are devils most of the time. Most of the time. This is scripture now. Anybody should go and bring any scripture. Don't bring Old Testament though. New Testament or praise God that has New Testament spirit or with New Testament light. You can't disprove what I'm telling you. Yeah. You can't disprove this. You can't. The, the, the problem today is that the devil has shifted conversation. Christians are arguing. Mm. Yeah, that one is a nicer person. This one is better. That one supports this. That one, this one is a wicked man. That one, that's not what this thing is about. You don't let your heart go there. Because there is a lot of blindness. Praise. You see those conversations. His spirits pushing them. It blows the eyes. It blows the land. It should be very clear that anything that is not righteousness is not a product of faith. It's not some. It's a filthy rag before God. It's a rag. It's like comparing to two sinners. See, this one is a better sinner than the other one. You get what I'm saying? You are not seeing anything. Are you getting me? So, so, so what matters is, right, praise God. In any election, ask me who is God's candidate. God's candidate is the person who is, who is likely to do the, the least damage to his church. That's what God is concerned about. You can have all your concerns from a list them from A to Z, one, zero to one thousand. That's not God's concern. God's concern is who is the candidate who is going to do the least damage to my church. Because the church is that's God's treasure on the earth. All men, men are concerned about all kinds of things. That's not hey, immigration. They won't bring people. I have 20, 20 family members who need to come. But one wicked man is saying, no, we don't want them. No, so this man, 
no Christians so we vote based on their tummy, based on their hunger, based on their okay. Praise <laughs> God. But they don't think about about God, about about the church. So you, you see a Christian who who can who can somebody who has a track record of fighting for the church, religious liberty, you know, and all that, you put them aside, no, you know, it's not uh, I don't I don't I don't care about all that. <laughs> Amen. Then you bring a, a, a devil. Praise God. <laughs> you know, some of, many of these devils, by the time it's election time, they say, oh, we are all Christians, we are all these and all. Some of them, <laughs> praise God. But when you check their platform, their party, <laughs> praise God. Hallelujah. Check it. All demons lined up <laughs> behind you. <laughs> Hatred for God. Hatred for faith. Hatred for, are you getting me? And you see Christians saying, oh, because he's a nice man, he's a clean man, he speaks nice, he's caring, he's not a racist. And you, are you getting me? <laughs> that is when you've drank world so much that your senses have become so dull and dead that you can't see red danger ahead there are people contesting this election who hate God to the core you see, I see that those, those righteousnesses a huge part of those righteousness is a, is a high shoulder we are even more righteous than all you Christians. That's it. At the core of that righteousness is hatred against God. And we don't need God to be righteous. Are you getting me? Yes, sir. <laughs> Like Jesus, like like if Jesus came today and we said just Jesus was going to vote, who is going to vote for? <laughs> right? Who is, he, is he going to go for the man and say, "Hey, I'm righteous. I'm the most righteous man here. I do this. I do that. I care about everybody and all." But his whole platform, everything is anti-God. He doesn't care about God or Christ or anything. But on the other side, there might be somebody else who says, "Me, I'm not righteous. So me as I'm." Um, as you see me, just take me as I am. Oh. But he knows there's God up there. And he won't dare what? Are you getting me? So one, one is, is a clear sinner, everybody knows. But when it comes to faith, are you getting what I'm saying? Yeah. So you now say that the problem is that men, are, men value righteousness, but they don't value faith. So if a man comes and says, I'm all righteous, present all the, all the care of righteousness, but does not have a faith orientation, the carnal mind will value that, as opposed to a faith, the presence of faith, but doesn't have all the outward check, check marks. Are you getting me? Mm-hmm. The, the, the world has moved into a, a different level now. The world is not all those things. All those things, of course, are behind they are behind, but what is coming in front of worldliness is what you call virtue signaling. You know what virtue signaling is? Mm-hmm. We are so good. 
are you seeing what that's the new phase of worldliness is signaling of virtue you will see it everywhere it's in the mouth of your worldly friends before or your before your worldly friend before you to come and say hey, let's go to party let's go and do this let's go and smoke or let's go and that's what your worldly friends before used to say now your worldly friends now are not saying that anymore Let's go and protest against this injustice. There's the other injustice. That one is going. Let's go and stop. That's the, that's the sound of worldliness today. It has changed. It's no longer let's go to party and smoke and all that. That was that's outdated worldliness. Are you getting me? Are, are you, do you understand what I'm saying? But dull Christians can't see past that. A dull Christian can can trade preaching, faith righteousness and belittle it for all this word for all these virtues that are being signaled Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. So that's part of what Paul was saying in, in First Timothy. Sorry, not First Timothy. Because we read First Timothy, right? Um, so he said that you should pray for them that you may lead a what? Quiet and peaceable life in all God. And all that. So that's what, if there's anything the government can do, that's what, they, that you pray for them, right? So that you can be able to, to do that. And it's not just government, like I said before, your own sphere. Your own, maybe working in a, going to work in a place, choosing one workplace versus the other. Do you get what I'm saying? It's not, ah, this workplace, why they care about all these social issues, they care about this. They, they are more accepting to me as a black person, and that's not how you judge things. Do you get what I'm saying? But, but those are the way people think, that's not how you judge. You, there might be a place where if you feel like, ah, they don't want to accept you as a, all those, they don't have all those virtues signaling, but... You know, if I walk here, my own private life as a Christian will flourish more. And if I walk be among all these righteous people who, ha- who have great hatred for faith and for God. Are you getting what I'm saying? So this, this carries into any time you are relating with any interface where the world comes into play. You have to have this at the back of your mind. It's, all about, it's about how you can live your own faith peaceably. In all godliness. And that thing, because the devil knows that if you, are, if you leave Christians alone and they're able to do their thing, it's just a matter of time. Isaiah chapter 2 will come to pass. Because that mountain will be lifted. You get what I'm saying? If you leave, if you, leave you, you alone, you can fellowship. You have your time. You can carry on your Christian life better. They know, Satan knows what you will become. So that's what he's after. 
So those are the, these are the kind of bargains that Christians of today, when in terms of standing in your faith, is more nuanced and it's more sophisticated than before. Before it's just clear, do they smoke, do they drink, do they go to party? No, I'm not interested. But now the world is coming with virtues. So you have to know what's key and what's important. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. So in that first Corinthians, you have a question? Okay. Okay, what's, it, what's your question? So, how should you, so how should you, in terms of like expression as a believer now, yes. respond when there are like social issues? Okay. Especially like maybe you have friends who might be maybe expecting your comment or reaction. Do you just keep quiet as a believer, like in the face of? things that you know are supposed to be affecting everybody so what should be your response or maybe delete your IT Amen Amen so, what should be your response? Is it to, to a person or to a, sit, a situation um, or to both? Okay. To go and march or, or to yes. protest. And so, you as a believer, having kind of knowledge that you know things that God is doing in the spirit and what the season is about. Yeah. And then maybe you don't you don't go. Mm-hmm. Um, people might be looking at you and like what is happening yes exactly maybe you are looking insensitive mm-hmm. what should be your response to maybe those kind of questions or attacks that are coming and even inwardly I know that some people don't know how to react because mm-hmm. on the one hand you are heartbroken about maybe social injustices that you are seeing yeah. mm-hmm. wow. uh, but knowing that the answer is not to go outside mm-hmm. like um, physically try and fix something what should be your response and i know there are lots of people who don't know what to do inside they just know okay i I don't feel like the right thing to do is to go outside but i don't know what to do with my heart even though i'm heartbroken and i don't like what i'm seeing so what is what should be like both inwardly and then when people are asking you what what do you know maybe like post about this what should you say you know (laughs) and it's really because there's so many people who are dealing with this Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. As a Christian, 
was saying, the most important thing is judgment. Right? Spiritually, Now, how you judge your judgment, what makes judgment so important is judgment is what determines causes of action. Right. Judgment is what also determines what is worth doing, what's not worth doing. Okay. There are different things at play. There is what is worth doing, what is it worth doing? Is it not worth doing? Praise God. Now, what, and what factors into, is it worth doing? What, is it not worth doing? There are different factors. Mm-hmm. Number one, is it, is it evil? Is it, or is it evil? Praise God. Mm-hmm. Is it, or is it righteous? Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, <laughs> amen. Yeah. Now, when you, when you really Especially when you are growing as a Christian, the, the more you grow as a Christian, when you, are, you haven't grown a lot, you have liberty to do anything. You can just do all kinds of In fact, because your judgment and the judgment of the world will be quite close. So from a natural standpoint, many things can just seem right to you. Okay. And you have to note this. When it comes to what you do as a person, right, what makes what you do consequential is because anything you do, you are spending yourself. You are investing yourself to do it. If it's possible for you to do something and then you don't spend anything in terms of yourself, your heart, you don't invest your heart. Let's say you can just do something, your heart is not involved, you just do it then. Maybe there are many things you can do. Are you getting me? But, but, but when it comes to when it comes to what you should be investing your your heart in, the more you grow, you now begin to realize that all those things there is there is always there is usually a strict interest of the spirit of God in what you are investing your heart and your time in doing. When you've not grown, you will do many things. You won't even be hearing God. You, know, you won't even have a sense whether I, you just have a general flow. You'll be flowing with people. Oh, this one seems right. Let's go do it. The other one seems right. Let's go do it. Are you getting me? But the more your judgment increases, you begin to, you begin to see, you, you can literally feel the movement of your heart. It's not a matter of, should we do this? You'll be feeling your heart moving towards things. If your heart is moving towards something that's not expedient, you know, Paul will use such language. There are many things you can do, but not everything is, is expedient. Or it can be lawful, but it's not expedient. Why is that? There are different things we can mention. I, I love Paul, though. This is why I love Paul so much. Because Paul, God gave him, he broke things down. He explained a lot of things. Paul is the one who now began to speak. If you read a lot of this First Corinthians, you see many of what he said. One thing he said is that 
somebody who is who has been enlisted in an army what do they say you won't entangle yourself with affairs of this what is that entangling yourself is he saying don't cook don't go to market don't go no and what the entangling of oneself is things you commit your heart to Do you see, are you seeing the difference? He used the example of a soldier. There is wisdom in, let's see, what um, chapter is that? That's chapter 2, right? Let's see, verse 4, yes. That's Second Timothy chapter 2, verse 4. Praise God. Say, thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier, of Jesus Christ. Say, no man that, that warreth entangleth himself with the affairs of this life, so that he may please him who chose, who had chosen him to be a soldier. Do you see that? Now, it, well, let's take a soldier, for example. A soldier, he, he showers, right? He eats, he exercises. He wears, he irons his clothes, he wears his clothes, he has a house. And then he has his wife, most likely he has children, he's responsible for them. Do you see that? Mm-hmm. Praise God. Mm-hmm. But one thing you won't see a soldier doing is go and maybe join a, go and join a tennis club and three four times a week is there playing tennis when are you getting me do you understand what i'm saying what i mean or you see or you saw there with uniform let's even use the protesting thing <laughs> are you getting me so they have most of the time they have sometimes they have their barracks they have everything why, they, why is that sense of barracks and all separation? Yeah. It's for devotion to a cause. This devotion. So a lot of the things that are that the average civilian focuses their energy on, the soldier cannot do that because of focus. Because of focus, they are they have to be focused for. Battle. Do you do you see that? As a Christian, you don't your heart. You don't have endless energy in your heart. Let me just uh, take on this, take on that. Are you get me? You don't have you don't have energy for that. <laughs> so, um, that's why the Holy Spirit is involved in managing. Your what you do mm. as a Christian. Yes, Praise God. Hallelujah. And everything you do should be in line with 
leading of the Spirit. Mm-hmm. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Leading of what? The Spirit. Leading of the Spirit. And one of the you now, what was the leading of the Spirit? There are things you can know the Spirit will not lead you to do. The Spirit will not lead you to commit your heart to something in a way, something that's unproductive, mm-hmm. in a way that it eats up your your energy. Mm-hmm. And time. So the thing problem with many of these things is that they are not expedient yes they are not expedient for Christians who are pursuing God today to do Praise God. Hallelujah. Am I saying that protesting against things are bad? No. But if the world is protesting, it's okay. They have enough numbers to protest. What you are doing with your time, they cannot do it. They are not even acknowledged, they are not even aware that that is a thing that should be done. What, what, by, what do I mean by that thing? Devotion to the Lord. There are more people on the earth who are willing and abundant to protest and ready to protest than those who are willing and ready to devote, be devoted to the Lord. Am I correct? Yes, Which area is there more need? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which area is there? Do you think there's more need? Mm-hmm. Do you see, are you seeing why he's using soldiers here? Mm-hmm. When you say the number of soldiers compared to the entire population, they are few. Mm-hmm. But the entire safety of the whole nation mm-hmm. is, is on their head. So they cannot afford to leave what they are doing. Mm-hmm. It's not that they are against the tennis club or anything, or the, wow. the, the value, or they say, no, it's not that about that. Yeah. Is that wow. they are ecclesia. Yes, sir. They are, you know, the meaning of holy. They are called out to a purpose. <laughs> Their devotion is sacred <laughs> to a cause that's very important. <laughs> wow. And the church will always hold that position yeah. on the earth. Yes, sir. It's not the church's job. I, I might say a lot of things today that is not popular, but praise God. Hallelujah. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Thank God I'm not a popular figure. I'm just a small boy in my living. So if anybody says anything, I'm just a guy talking in my house. Am I correct? <laughs> you are not beginning to listen to me. As is, uh, praise God. I'm just talking in my living room. <laughs> Amen. If what I'm saying offends you, please have mercy. Sorry, I don't mean to offend you. 
Amen. That's not my goal. Praise God. Amen. Amen. The church is not the church's job to protest against injustice in the land. Praise God. You know what I said? It's not church's job. It's not Christian. You say, ah, what do you mean? So all the Christians in the world should be silent? No, that's not what I'm saying. The, the, the church's job is to be devoted to where the injustice is flowing from. That invisible realm that government cannot see, the judges cannot see, the police cannot see. What makes men bad? Why are men... What is wrong with souls of human beings? Protests cannot solve it. Are you, are you get, I'm not saying that protesting is bad. No, no, no. You got my point? What I'm saying is that what the church is called out to do is too important and there are too few people doing it. And you say we can do everything. Let's go and do it. We can all protest too. We can. You can't. You can't. You, you cannot. You can. It's like God. It's like the Lord saying that no, no. Let the priests be like everybody else. They should do other things. Let. <laughs> you get know what I mean? <laughs> why do you have to make them? Why can't they participate in other things? Why must they just be in the temple and be in the and be priests there? They have to. They have to because that's the nature of they are called out. They are separated for a holy purpose. And they can't share their hearts with things. Like when Jesus came on the earth, was there injustice in his day? Do you know what those guys were suffering in terms of just that Jewish nation, what they were under, what those Romans are. Are you getting me? But how many times do you see Jesus' message preaching against Caesar? Caesar, I am against thee. Thou art an unrighteous man. <laughs> you have held my people in bondage for so long. Amen. No, that was not his message. Teaching the kingdom. Neither did he ever send his disciples any day to go and protest something. Mm. Or to go and... Are you getting me? Neither will you see Paul any day. (laughs) Right? Were there social issues in his time? Yes, there were. Neither will he encourage them to go and be doing that. Why? Because of what the church is doing is a holy thing. And is important. Amen. Amen. 
And we have to be honest about these things, right? We have to, we have to be honest about these things. If something is coming to your heart and is affecting your heart and it becomes a burden in your heart, praise God, more than the burden of your devotion to the Lord, you should be sincere about it. But most Christians are not sincere. Most, that's the problem. Most Christians are not sincere. This kind of thing I'm saying now, you see Christians will come and say, no, what do you mean? That we shouldn't be active, we are supposed to be active and all that. My problem is not that being active. My problem is that when you are active, check your heart. You've broken, many times, there's a break in something. After a while, you have to, you've gone far, you have to not gather yourself back and, look and <laughs> back into your devotion to the Lord in, in, in your heart. Are you, are you getting me? Amen. Most of the times when there are things like this happening, if, the, if God wants you to do something, you know what most of the time he does? He will make you pray about it. Mm-hmm. A lot of times it comes as a burden, right? And then if it's something, and, and prayer will do a lot more than all the protesting. Yes, <laughs> but you see Christians who are protesting on the placard, if you stop most of them, Many times, ask them, have you really been praying about this thing? If you check, most of them are not. They've not really been praying. <laughs> are you getting me? Most of them have not really been praying about it. Even if you say they, they say they've prayed, they've said the word of prayer, hey God, help us. Are you getting what I'm saying? No, they've not sought the Lord spiritually about it. Are you getting what? And then, take burden in prayer. Pray through if you are led to do that as Christians, right? So, the thing is that the world will come and dictate to you how you should react to something, yeah. and we just carry our big heads there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. Amen. And you forget who we are. You know what I mean? That's, that's the problem. Are you seeing where I'm coming from? I'm not saying anything is bad or you shouldn't. I'm not, I'm not the Holy Spirit. I'm not saying thou shalt not protest. Do I know if the Holy Ghost is leading you to protest? <laughs> I, do I, I don't know if they are saying Holy Ghost, maybe Holy Ghost spoke to you. My daughter, take that placard right now. <laughs> Write it. This is the hashtag. Write. This. I don't, maybe Holy Ghost ministered that to you. Praise yeah. <laughs> God. I don't know. It's possible. I'm not, so I, I'm not telling you what to leave. I'm just telling you that. <laughs> I'm just showing you. I'm just trying to impart wisdom yes, and judgment about matters. The problem is that we don't deal with things spiritually. Mm. You see, most of the problems, things we are protesting against, if the if the church had been the light it should be. Mm-hmm. Many of the evils would not have been there to start with. Because we've lost the spiritual battle. We think we can now come out and use by placard and men. You want to use placard to change wicked men. Wicked men who don't even care if you exist. They don't even care. The demons that are are you getting me? So it's not those things are not that's not the that's not the thing. Praise God. I, I, I don't know. Have I said something? Did I answer 
your question at all? The, the answer to my question is this. Approach life spiritually. Mm-hmm. That's the, if I want to summarize my... Mm-hmm. And, and, and give space for... Don't just react to things emotionally. Mm-hmm. That's one of the problems that we, of Christians of today. Give space for judgment. Judge things. Spiritually. Apply spiritual judgment to matters. In terms of your response to things and to life, it should be mostly spiritual. If you need to go out and do something physically, like for me now to get up from my house, right, and then stand up and then go somewhere and carry a placard. I'm sorry, that is among the list of things I have to be led to do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> do you understand what I'm saying? Yes. You get, do you get me? Yes. To me, that's one of it. I can't just do that. I can't. I can't just do that. I have to be. It's one of the things that that it falls into the category of this one. God must have told me for me to do it. And, and when he's telling me there, there will be a spiritual thing, I can't, I've not gotten any spiritual revelation mm-hmm. that, that the, of what is the effect of that, mm-hmm. that thing. That I must be there. If I'm not there, then something will happen. It's not true. The world will always do all those things. That's their thing. <coughs> I'm not saying that there is bad or evil or anything. But I'm, just, I'm talking about you as a Christian, your own focus. As a Christian, there are not too many things you focus yourself. You don't entangle yourself with the affairs of this life. That's the scripture, Second Timothy chapter two. You don't entangle yourself with the affairs of this life. Well, that was not my scripture, right? That's Paul. Praise the Lord. Some of these, all these problems that you see, like you know, leadership and all that. You know, most of these protests recently is about protesting about against leadership, mm-hmm. right? People who are in leadership and all. One thing that holds true is that the leadership of people reflect the people. A lot of time. Well, some people will not agree, but it's true. It's true. Yeah. If you want righteous leadership, the people have to be righteous. You, you understand that? Yes, sir. And how do people become righteous? Only the church is the, is the place that can that that can change people mm-hmm. to be righteous. Yeah. So I'm not saying that that I'm not saying that the issues that have been protested are not issues. No, I'm saying that that's not how God operates. That's not God's own economy of dealing with matters. 
God has his own way of dealing. But if, if we leave God's way and go and use the way the world is prescribing, there will be a great, uh, there will be a great loss. Praise God. I don't, I don't know if I answered your question in any way. Okay. Thank you, Jesus. If you don't know the what it takes for <laughs> to, I mean, what God wants from from us in terms of this, the amount of time and and devotion and investment we need, that's when you have time for many things, right? If Christians who don't have anything to do, that go to do all those things. Sorry to say. Okay. Okay, is there any other question? Praise God. Hallelujah. Do you know how many of you believe you cannot do everything? Uh, raise your hand. So do you know that when you wake up and you are living your life, at every single time you choose to do something, you you made a there's a, there's a, been an exercise of prioritization for everything every because every single thing you're spending at a time doing, there are a hundred other things you could be doing. How many of you know that? You, you know, if, so if he came down to let's go and start protesting, then I'll say, okay, okay, you want me? Let's put, let's have agreed, let's protest, right? Mm-hmm. Then I will next question I will ask you is that, okay, out of all the many, many things in this world to protest, mm-hmm. which one, this one, why should we choose this one? What puts this, what makes this one on top of the list? Let's now start highlighting them in their, their level of importance, right? Amen. Amen. If I'm going to protest, what am I protesting might be very weird. It might be something that people don't think is important. <laughs> if I said, <laughs> you know what I mean. <laughs> Do you care? But you know, actually, many of these times when you say, ah, this is what everybody is doing, it's just, people are not thinking. It's just a mob, a spirit that just come. Hey, all of you go and do this. It's a spirit. It's nothing else. Yeah. And to be tra- and that all those things, what it really feeds in people is a sense of righteousness. I've done something. Yeah, I took action. I spoke out. Life is deeper than that. Life is deeper than posting one nice you know, quote on fo- and one pic- nice picture on social media. <laughs> you, in the, you might get the satisfaction and the likes and all that in that moment, but you just wasted your time and wasted all that. You've done nothing. Mm, yes. mm. 
maybe in the world's framework, say, you know, it's social change. Voices speak up in their, that's their own framework. Mm -hmm. That's how those things work in the worldly framework. It's okay. But you, if you are not in that framework, mm. that's not how things change mm -hmm. in the spiritual framework. It's not about that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yes. The, the problems of a nation mm -hmm. is not by mobilizing people yes. when it comes to spiritually. It's not that. Mm. There are other things. <laughs> uh -huh. There are many things. Like, I'm thinking like my daughter right now. The amount of hours in a week to me is not even enough for me to spend with her and to impart what needs to be imparted. Are you getting me? Like, like what we are doing now, this coming to life feast and all that, the investment it takes spiritually and then even the hours of meetings and all this. You know that we could have maybe said, no, let's not do this, let's do something else. That sounds like, wow, we are making a change and all that. Are you getting me? But me, I know that the next 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years, what we are doing is of more value. Are you getting me? In terms of two souls, and then even eventually, even when it comes to the communities. When it, are you getting me? Because it, it's about souls, hearts. That's where victories are lost and won. That's how nations are framed and shaped. It's one heart to another. And that's the realm where God operates. And that's the world where the church is meant to operate. So it's dealing with what Satan has done inside of men. You do it at different... This is a, a platform of ministry. We are doing that. Me as an individual, I have that responsibility to my wife to my own daughter and that's a serious great responsibility that there's not enough time to even do it to those around me those in my life as my friend are you getting me yeah. and so and this what i'm saying now a worldly man doesn't cannot do it he doesn't have the resources to do such a thing do you see that so most times when we go after what the world is because we don't know the importance, the value of our own cause. Why can't the world come and join us and do our own? Yes. Yes. <laughs> right? Why is it church that must join the world to do their own? If we say, okay, <laughs> the, way we, the way we go, the world say, okay, we are protesting everybody from church around because they see some kind of righteousness in doing that. But when words say, okay, come, let us pray, they won't come. <laughs> Why must we be the one going to do what they are, what they are dictating? No. Sorry. Sorry. Amen. I know this is the realm and this is the age of social justice, social change. All those, many of those terms are, are terms from the pit of hell. What social change? Changing what? Amen. There's nothing like there's only one change. It's called spiritual change. Anybody that has not been changed spiritually, are you getting me? Yeah. So let us be wise. Eh? Most of you are young people. Don't waste your energy. Don't waste your time. Don't waste your life on on this thing. If you are just there, there will be things for you to do. But those things will not be. 
those things will not be will not be expedient. Amen. Amen. If, you want, if you want to give you priority, should I give you priority? Save yourself. So you, and then to save others. That's just that's your <laughs> if I'm a young person, you should be active, be involved. Yeah, yeah. This is something you can be involved, be involved with saving yourself. So that you can save. You can, yeah. It's also, it has also been active too. Yeah. Don't make the devil make you feel like being active is jumping out on the street and doing what everybody is doing. No. There's activity in the spirit. Great activity in the spirit. Don't let the devil diminish how you're investing your time and investing in that. Praise God. Is there any more question? I think this this is life is today. I'm sorry. <laughs> Time was gone. So. <coughs> Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Glory to God. Glory to God. If you, are, if you are concerned about the way the world is going, right? If you want a prayer point to be praying, maybe after you've prayed for your growth, you've prayed for everything, you've read your Bible and all that, you don't want just, you're concerned about the world, the way the world is going, you want to pray about the world. Mm-hmm. Shall I give you a prayer point to pray? Pray that God should give the church enough time for his word to prosper. You know, you know what I mean by time? Because I mean time in terms of naturally, what governments, immoral men, they are plans for the church. To me, that's a greater danger than all the other thing, thing issues, right? When they, when they will come soon and say the Bible is hate speech, um, you can't tell somebody you can you will go to hell or you are that if a man comes and say I'm a woman, you can't tell them no, you are a man. He has hate speech. <laughs> you can't preach. Are you get what I'm saying? You can't preach the scriptures and governments. If we leave them, we don't pray for them. They can do that. And so, as a, if you're a Christian, those are the, if something is touching you, pinching you, to let this one be pinching you, because this matters to your faith. It matters. Are you getting me? Uh-huh. So, if you are thinking of, if you're a young person, you want you have a, you have a cause. This is what a cause. Pray about this one. <laughs> yeah, because this is what God is concerned about. <coughs> On the earth, if if the church is is solid, righteousness prospers. Yes. On the, all the other things will be taken care of. Yeah. Yeah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Are we? Can we go home now? Okay.
Okay. I, I want to, if you have questions, ask me because uh, this is not going to happen again. <laughs> I sense. I don't know. Let me not say that the Holy Spirit can do anything. But today was just a different thing altogether. I, I felt many people might have questions about this thing. Maybe they are not here. <laughs> um, maybe they are not here. But I, I trust God will give, give all of us wisdom. Amen. Mm. God will give us was wisdom. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Let's pray. Thank God. Thank you, Father. Let's pray for the nations of the earth. Let's pray for governments, for, for those in authority. Let's begin to pray for everyone in authority. Let's pray about this nation, Canada. Let's pray over the United States, over Nigeria, over every other, every other nation of the earth. Let's pray that the Lord will begin to quench every anti-church move. Anything that will negatively affect the ability of those people to serve Him, to live peaceably, godly, any legislation, any law, let us pray that heaven will intervene. Let's pray every wicked agenda against the church of Christ upon the earth will become powerless. Every wicked person who might do harm to the body, who might do harm to the church, they won't get into such positions. Thank you. 
Let us pray for Christians, believers around the world, that wisdom, wisdom of the New Testament will begin to flood their heart. The Holy Spirit will begin to speak in these matters. That there will be a change in judgment, increase in capacity to judge righteously. Let's put our hearts that have been deceived. That heaven will intervene to bring light. That every darkness from the on the hearts of God's people concerning these matters of how to relate with the world, the systems of the world, the authorities of this world, the government, the powers that be. Let's pray for more infusion of wisdom, of clarity, of light into the hearts of God's people. Let's pray for increasing judgment. That judgment will increase to make the right decisions. let us pray for leaders, leaders of the body of Christ, leaders in the church. Let us pray for an exchange of wisdom, leaders in the body of Christ, in the church. Let's pray that more judgment, more understanding, more wisdom to guide and shepherd God's people with the correct sight, the correct knowledge, the correct judgment. Let's pray for an exchange of judgment. There will be more tendency towards spiritual judgment, towards righteous judgment, towards righteous judgment that comes from faith as instructed by the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you. 